Hello, Christ Central fam. It's Thursday, April 2nd, and welcome to Christ Central's Tight Five, a podcast for the Christ Central family. So congratulations, you made it to episode four already. And I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. I truly appreciate the feedback, the love, and the support so far. And I know that despite our podcast being called a tight five, lately it's been more like a very loose 15. So thanks for hanging in there, and I'm glad that you're tuning in. If you remember our teaser, I said our podcast will feature Bible-centered devotionals, pastoral, spiritual reflections, and in the future to have some interviews and discussions. But I also mentioned these off-the-cuff musings of a caged pastor, which really doesn't mean anything, but I do have some random pastoral thoughts that's been on my mind, and I think we're due for one of those. So instead of our usual devotional today, I'm going to switch gears. And so get ready to have a little bit of fun. So today, April 2nd, is my birthday. I am 38 years old now. And to celebrate, I'm in quarantine. And if you want to imagine how I feel today, it kind of feels like how the room sounds like right now. And that's pretty peaceful, actually. Which is not how birthdays are usually celebrated. Because they're usually filled with excitement. There is a social energy. Because birthdays are a venue for laughter and fun, but not quite today. And not for many others as well. Because within the last couple of weeks, I know that I'm not the only one who celebrated a birthday alone. But people got creative by throwing a party on Zoom or live streaming social distancing house parties. And it looks like a lot of fun. But people eventually do log off, and it remains silent. And they inevitably have to deal with this new norm. So I'm spending my birthday alone. But the question I'm asking myself right now, is this by personal choice or is it by circumstance? And that I'm not totally sure. As a confession, I don't mind at all celebrating this way. It's what I'm used to, and it's what I'm comfortable with. And honestly, I can't even recall what I did last year, what I did on my birthday. For the years prior. They just kind of blur together, like how all of our past days just blend into one long one. So I too really struggle to distinguish my birthday celebrations within my last eight years in San Francisco. Actually, I do want to scratch that because I do remember one, and that is when I turned 30, and it was an absolute train wreck. On a side note, if you're listening and were one of the people (laughs) who've been around long enough to remember, I just want to say I am so sorry. I apologize to all those who really took the time to take me out to lunch that day. And long story short, they threw me a lunch celebration after church. And at that time, I didn't really know anybody super well. 
I was extremely exhausted and I became a total brat that day. I wince whenever those memories just pop up. And to be fair, that was a time where I could really sing. It was my party and I could cry if I want to. So after that experience, I just want to celebrate my birthday alone. And I know that might sound depressing, but if you didn't know by now, the only parties I throw are pity parties. Ever since these quarantine days, you know, I've been doing just fine. Life hasn't really changed much before or after sheltering in place. It's just the way that I'm wired, I guess. I prefer to be alone. But I'll admit, it's really hard to pinpoint why. So here's my off-the-cuff musing, because I don't have an answer for this. I wonder if there is anyone out there who likes to try to psychoanalyze himself. Like, you ask yourself why you are the way you are. And so here are some of my personal musings. Do I enjoy being alone because this is my personality that I've been born with? I'm an INFJ and my introversion skill is like at a 90%. So maybe that's a possibility. Or do I prefer being alone because of my past? Am I afraid of abandonment? Deep fears of insecurity and fears of rejection, perhaps. Or... Do I prefer being alone because in a deep spiritual way, it's really because the companionship of Christ is really at work through me. And that is also a possibility. And I really struggle sharing this because the other reasons sound understandable, but the spiritual reason sounds like a Christian humble brag. It sounds like I'm on a spiritual platitude or as kids say these days. Nice flex, but okay. I can't really make it out. But if I, I do wonder that other Christian singles in our church might feel the same way. I think church can be one of the hardest places to be single, whether if you dated or broke up or got divorced. Churches can be very uncomfortable unforgiving, and a challenging place to be. Maybe because people think that we are so helplessly lonely. But yet, I do want to argue, can we also be at a deep peace? Whenever I hear that question, hey, I don't understand why you aren't married yet. And whenever I encounter these questions, it's not like a light bulb goes off in my head and I say, oh, now that you mention it, it's probably because I have so much facial hair and I should cut it. That's the problem. Thank you for the reflection. Obviously, we don't have answers to these questions. And that's okay. People who have to answer these questions are doing just fine. And yet when people ask... It feels like singleness is a problem that we have to solve. I wonder if anyone out there has ever watched the movie Sound of Music. And 
people who ask these kinds of questions reminds me of like those nuns singing kind of a contemporary cover of how do we solve a problem like maria but instead of maria it's it's us there are many things you know you ought to tell her many things you ought to understand might be our mentality but maybe we're not a problem to solve in the first place or p- people to be pitied so just to spin the song around for singles we would ask you well how do you make singles stay and for once listen to all we say because we have a lot of opinions and thoughts we need to change our view and approach on how we ought to relate to singles so here are a few pointers So whether if you're single or not, I do want to share with you two quick digestible resources. The first, pastor and author Sam Albury wrote a book titled Seven Myths of Singleness. He addresses some blind spots in the church. His premise is that singleness is not a a problem to solve, but rather a positive gift and a blessing from God. I really like this book because it doesn't elevate singleness, nor does he bash marriage either. But he balances joys and the challenges of each. And he never wavers from our common goal of life. He writes this, The issue is not whether if this path or that path is better, whether singleness or marriage would be more good. The issue is God and whether I will plunge myself into him, trusting him every day. In other words, we ought to lose the dichotomy of marriage versus singleness. The first and foremost thing that we should really care about is our discipleship of Jesus, following him. And the differences of marriage and singleness is this. Marriage may show us the sanctification of Christ, but singleness shows us directly the sufficiency of Christ. The second resource is by Gina Delfonso, and she wrote a book called One by One, Welcoming Singles in Your Church. And as a single pastor, I'm constantly thinking about this. My calling, I believe, is to advocate for our singles. And sometimes, when I think about Christ Central, the deck is stacked against us at this church. Because just as Gina observes, our church may have some of these blind spots as well when it comes to welcoming singles. She assesses the problem in her argument like this. There are now more single adults than married adults in the United States. Yet, the evangelical church often focuses primarily on serving couples and families. As a result, singles may feel undervalued and undeserved, causing them to look elsewhere for spiritual nourishment and community engagement. I would say this is true from my observation. Because you got to understand how 
Christian singles are stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Christian singles in San Francisco are trapped where secular culture celebrates hooking up, experimenting with different sexual partners. But it's also challenging to be a Christian single in the church where inadvertently we esteem being married and having families. And as a result, many of us feel insecure, stuck, incomplete, insufficient, and ultimately undesired, where we don't fit in anywhere. So where do we go? Well, if you're a struggling Christian single, I would like to encourage you with this word. As Gina reminds single Christians, you are not the problem. You are not a pariah. You are not a project to be finished. But in Jesus Christ, you are accepted and loved as you are because you do have a friend in Jesus. So thanks for hearing my gripe, but I do want to end on a brighter note. First, I just want to address all those who have or will celebrate their parties alone. Those who anticipated a celebration but had to cancel. I know people who had to cancel weddings, birthdays, gatherings, and other momentous events. And that must have been very hard. And my heart goes out to you, and all I could really say is that I am sorry. Because in a time of disruption, not everyone is at peace. But I do want to encourage you and remind you to say that it is not your fault. You didn't let anyone down. And most of all, you shouldn't be disappointed with yourself. But if you do choose to dare, just imagine how God does work in thwarted plans. He has, and he does. And know that God never really ignored your invitation, but he is there and he is present. Secondly, I do want to address the married with families. And please understand that the best way you could really help singles in our church isn't to ask them about their relationship status, but rather to build an actual relationship with them. Invite them over for a meal. Spend time by calling us once in a while. And we know that you're busy, but singles will also understand and appreciate that you're breaking from your own family to tend to the spiritual one. And finally, I do want to address others who are single and yet are starving for companionship. Those who might be a little embarrassed to admit that their life hasn't really changed much before, during, after our mandatory shelter in place. And what I have to say to you is this, that you are okay and you are fine where you are. The season might feel long, but it will pass. Because despite the comings and goings of all relationships, whether if you're single, 
people who are dating, engaged, married, with kids, those will change. But what doesn't change is Christ's companionship. He never changes. I know that we're all craving connection right now, and some of us really long for just a warm body in the room. We really want to look forward to gathering at a table to share a meal with our greatest friends. But as everyone shelters in place at this time, I am reminded of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So even though I am probably cooking for one tonight on my 38th birthday, I know in my heart that the company has always been for two. Thank you for joining Christ Central's Tide 5. Until next time, be safe, be well, and Godspeed.